0: I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Sylvia Mensdorf-Pui, Head of Banking Solutions Europe for FIS. And we're talking about next-gen payments technologies. Obviously, there have been some significant shifts in consumer behaviour, particularly over the last 12 months. What kind of change, Sylvia, is that driving in the banking and payment space?
1: So when you look at what the impact of COVID has been is, other than being obviously a very boring environment in terms of we can't go out, and also quite a large human toll, it's also driven digitalization. And the the way I think about it, I take my own experience, for example, my mom, who would have never bought something online, is now purchasing goods online. And it's really brought the digitalization agenda forward a lot more than it already was. And that's meant that banks have to really think about how do they drive a more digital interaction with their customers and how do they bring that forward? And from an FIS perspective, obviously, that's our raison d'etre, facilitating that for the world and getting involved in that. So from that perspective, it's quite an interesting time
0: let's talk about those payments first of all that people have still been making in person but they haven't been touching things i'm talking about contactless payments contactless payment limits have risen all around the world where contactless payments are available but i gather is, you're saying that payments should not be frictionless why would okay. that be
1: yeah so let me let me explain first of all i think it's fantastic that the industry has been able to respond so fast to this need of not touching things because of COVID. I live in the Netherlands here. I think within a week, all the banks raised the limit from 25 euros to 50 euros and then continued to take it up to 100 euros. They did that really fast. And I think the rest of the world actually followed that in some places it took longer. So it's great to see the industry facilitate and support fighting the virus. When you think about new payment methods, there is always a lot of talk in the industry about making things frictionless for the consumer. And I always think about having to do it friction right. If I'm spending 50 cents for a euro, then I want as little friction as possible. But if I'm spending 1,000 euros or 5,000 euros, I want that friction to be higher because I want to be consciously making that decision. So I think when we think about the interactions and consumer buying behavior, it needs to be about friction right, not frictionless, and getting the payment much more into the motion of the purchase or the good that you're getting. So to give you an example, one thing that I think is fantastic is driving into a parking lot to park my car. I use my card to get in. And I tap out and that's my payment. I now no longer have to go past separate machine, remember to take the ticket with me from the car and pay. That's a great way of bringing a payment into the customer journey and creating a a much more seamless interaction. But going to a point where a payment becomes completely invisible has some challenges with it, which is why I think the right friction for the right amount is where the industry as a whole should be going.
0: And I suppose that right friction also, you say when it's a €1,000 or €5,000, you want to make sure that I am properly committed to spending that money, that I know what I'm buying, and that I am going to get what I want to buy. Because this brings us back also to online issues, the way consumer behaviour has changed and the volume of consumer spending has also raised fraud issues, I believe.
1: Absolutely. And those fraud issues keep going. Right? You know, If you think about this, it's like a Cold War. It's like an arms race. The more the payment industry puts up the walls, the more the fraudsters will try and scale them. And then think about frictionless payments is often trying to reduce that friction by making it easier. And that can make it easier for fraudsters to come in. So it's really the, the industry's effort to educate people of the types of fraud they will be exposed to, and then making sure and using ever-increasing technology options to validate that the consumer is actually who that consumer is. And and we're using, uh, for example, AI as a great way of actually substantiating that a consumer or merchant is, is the right party. So if I may add to that, so it's not just about educating the consumer, but it's actually using technology to improve that. So at the end of the day, the consumer will never be as conscious as you want them to be because it's not their expertise. So our ability to use technology to actually make that a better experience for the consumer and prevent fraud is the critical piece going forward.
0: Why do consumers need to know more? What is it they don't know already? Don't we all realise that we can be exposed in some way or, or subject to fraud in some way if we're not careful?
1: It's always kind of bringing that out. Nobody really wants to think about it. So I think keeping that awareness going and doing like phishing campaigns, telling people not to write down their pins, for example, is something that we need, just need to keep going. At the end of the day, that's probably your weakest link because you can't control it. So therefore, that education needs to keep coming. And I think as an industry, we should not think that our consumers actually understand all of this. If you think about the myriads of payment methods and the complexity is just increasing for that consumer, Adding fraud to that doesn't bring it down. And and sometimes you just are amazed at how very intelligent people fall for tricks that just seem so completely simple when they start understanding them. So, for example, when it comes to request to pay, that's been rolled out as a new payment method in, in the Netherlands. It's taken a huge flight. And one of the ways that request to pay has been used is people will call somebody up and say, hey, or they send a WhatsApp message. They say, hey, I've just lost my phone. Can you help me and pay this request to pay through WhatsApp for me so that I can get going? So I'm your son, this type of thing. And and people will just respond to it. So it's these new types of fraud that we just need to educate everybody on.
0: All right, let's move on to another matter then. One thing that we've all become much more aware of because of current circumstances is the environment around us. And we're now seeing ESG initiatives like green accounts. What on earth is a green account?
1: Well, if you if you think about it, it's really all the banks and the industry taking their responsibility serious for the environment. So this is kind of stepping back and saying, what is my footprint and what am I doing here? So there's green investment. There is making sure that the data centers that are power, all the digital investment that we're making are trying to use renewable energies and really thinking about how can I be a more responsible bank and provide responsible banking to my consumers. When you think about the impact that we have to our environment... And kind of linking it back to our conversation of COVID, we've all realized what a huge imprint we were having on the planet and that we want to leave a better world for our children or not a bigger problem for our children to solve. And the banking sector providing a contribution there, I think is really relevant. It's what consumers are looking for. And I believe also what executives want to deliver from that perspective. So it's all about being socially responsible as well as being responsible for our
0: planet. I'm just wondering whether responsible banking is actually about being responsible for the planet or whether responsible banking is about teaching me about fraud and giving me better products. Surely it's the latter first and then the former. I think it's all
1: of those things, but you're absolutely right. So I think with additional, the new technology that banks have and the ability to be right there in the payment that enables the industry to provide a lot more responsibility. I always think that most people don't like to think about their finances. It's complex. They don't understand it. They just want it to be simple. They don't know what their pension looks like. They actually don't know how much they are able to spend. So when you think about responsible banking, giving people the ability to actually know what their spendable balance is versus their available balance. As a bank, you should be able to do that, right? My available bank balance is what's in my current account. My spendable balance is, hey, I've got a thousand euros left, but tomorrow, 700 euros of that are going to be subtracted because I've got to pay my energy bill, my water bill, and my rent. So therefore, my spending power is 300 euros, not a thousand. And providing more of that technology and making it easier for the consumer to interact with the bank to have good financial health is a responsibility I believe a lot of banks are starting to take up. If you look at research, more than 90% of consumers like to forget about their finances. You have to remind them in a simple way, this is what your status is and kind of bring them back every time. When you think about ESG, it's socially responsible banking, which includes educating the consumer, facilitating the consumer, making it easier for the consumer to bank, making sure that people that are on the fringes still can be part of the financial system and then making it right for our planet on the other side. So it's bringing all of that together. And when you think about the banks and the investment banks have made into technology over the years, I always find it funny when people think about banks as dinosaurs from a technology perspective, because I think the banks have a PR issue there. They may not move as fast as some others, but hey, they're guarding you money you probably don't want them to move that fast, right? If when asked whether you want somebody to move fast and really guard your money well, everybody's got to err on guarding the money well. On the other hand, when you think about technology, I would argue if we think about banks as being the financial merchants in the high street, the banks were actually the first to open digital shops and enable customers to interact digitally And they've now taken that and it's almost all digitally, but then with COVID and all of us now being a lot more used to doing Teams and Zoom calls, you can now talk to your banker without having to go to the branch. So actually, from a digital perspective, I think banks are very forward-looking and have been the first digital merchants, not the last, and by the way, have done it without increasing the price to the consumer of those facilitating services.
0: Sylvia Menzov-Puy, Head of Banking Solutions Europe at FIS, thank you very much.